You're listening to Galaxy of Film. back to the brain ups of galaxy of film i'm of course your host max and this week i am not alone thankfully we got mike craig from the culture shock podcast how are you doing man i'm doing great thanks for having me on of course man welcome here making your galaxy of film debut with us this week um for a very interesting episode of course we're discussing lisa frankenstein and warm bodies but yeah let's go ahead man first and foremost before we even start talking about news or anything like that go ahead take a second tell us about yourself tell us about your platform your podcast the whole nine yards all right well uh, as uh as you said my name's mike and uh three friends or well not three friends two of my friends from high school mm-hmm. uh we got together towards the end of covid probably when just about everybody else did and was like hey let's do a podcast together that's exactly what we did too yeah <laughs> <laughs> so you know, we would get together trying to discuss what we were going to do with the podcast. We didn't even have any idea what we wanted to do yet. Mm. But every single time we all got together, we ended up talking about movies or video games or you know anything pop culture related. And we would get into discussions for hours on end. And then we'd get, I mean, three or four hours would pass by and we were like, well, we didn't accomplish anything about what we were trying to you know figure out for the podcast. <laughs> and finally it dawned on, dawned on us we were like this is what we should do we should just talk about pop culture mm-hmm. so uh the came up with a kind of clever tagline which which i like a lot um is you know we're three aging millennials who give our outdated opinions on anything and everything pop culture related <laughs> and um <laughs> it's it's been a fun time we we, can, we go off the rails a lot mm-hmm. um we get sidetracked with conversations and depending on how funny they are we, we usually keep them in the episodes people who've listened to our show long enough have known what you're going to get is the meat of the episodes going to be yes the topic but there's a lot of side conversation that happens that half the time doesn't really pertain to the topic at hand no of course <laughs> yeah we we started out we tried to be a little structured and we just we realized that that just wasn't really our thing Mm-hmm. So we just we threw that all out the window. <laughs> I don't blame you one bit, actually. I mean, like, you, I don't, I don't want to say you have to find a structure or whatever, but no, like, sometimes having no structure is the best structure, honestly. The only thing that I do structurally is when I host an episode, I have to type up, like, a little bit of a thing of what I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I'll struggle with it. And it's not really, like, because I can go through an entire episode and just keep BSing about something, but, like... <laughs> When the when the when you're in the heat of the moment or whatever, like somebody's just like, "Hey, quick, do this," I'll be like, "Uh, yeah, no, I understand that. I definitely um, there's been plenty of positions I've been with that on the podcast too." <laughs> but I actually, oddly enough, because I listened to um, some of your episodes earlier today, mm-hmm. I did type up something because I expected you to ask me this question about explaining uh, the podcast, and oddly enough, I didn't go on. I, I went off script. I didn't read it. <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, go for it. Um, well, no, I just I I I cover most of it. Uh, hmm. But yeah, the, the the podcast I do it's called Culture Shock Podcast. Um, we are available at anywhere you could possibly get your podcast at, and um, we do occasionally do live streams over on our YouTube channel, which is Culture Shock, 20, yeah, Culture Shock Twenty One. And um, 
Like we did, we we were doing some football ones for the football season, which we we really don't talk about football mm. on our on our actual main episodes. Uh, I mean, you can see here, I'm a huge Packers fan. Uh, <laughs> there you go. I mean, that is an autographed helmet from De- uh, from Devonte Adams, so that's pretty awesome. See, I don't um, know sports, dude. So you're speaking a whole other language <laughs> to me, man. I was right. working the Super Bowl the other night. <laughs> I mean, I don't. It, you didn't miss anything. Uh, <laughs> Maybe oh, the no, the commercials were awesome. You know that that or Depot Wolverine commercial uh, aired during the Super Bowl, which was awesome. Yeah, uh, dude, we'll get into that obviously, but keep going, of course. But but yeah, we we do um we do like uh, rankings mm-hmm. on our live streams. Like we'll do the tier rankings on our live streams, like where the three of us have to agree on where we're putting it. So oh. it's like a, it's a culture shock ranking. It's not mm-hmm. it's not just our individual. And um, we did one for the MCU phases one through three. And towards the end, that that did get a little bit more heated because uh, Corey is a huge MCU fan. He won't say a single bad thing about it. Oh, which is, I'm sorry. That's dif- <laughs> that's difficult for Adrian and I. Adrian, who I'm sorry, I haven't really mentioned his name up to up, or until now. Uh, he's more cynical than mm-hmm. the rest of us. Like, so it's really hard to impress him. Uh, and I'm kind of in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we got we got a good dynamic as far as that goes mm. um but yeah adrian definitely is the more hard to please one but I, i've enjoyed most of the mcu except like after phase three things kind of went weird for me oh, they, went, so, they went down a cliff for me man i'm all marbled yeah, out completely like yeah that's what i'm saying like there's Gar- Ga- guardians 3 was awesome i hated guardians absolutely 3. loved it. you hated guardians 3 hated guardians 3 wow man. yeah that, that, I haven't, I I haven't liked the MCU movies since Shang Chi. I think. So, how did you feel about the last Spider Man movie with all three, all three coming? Oh, back? that was right beforehand, wasn't it? I mean, yeah. I think that might that might have been before Shang Chi. I, um, I I love Spider Man No Way Home. My thing is this: it's it's a good Spider Man movie. It's a terrible uh, Far From Home sequel. It's a terrible sequel. Yeah. If, if Spider, if No Way Home was Spider Man Four, it'd be flawless in my opinion, almost. You know, my, like, my thing. It throws the Mysterio stuff out the window completely, which is a shame because that's bold and that's something we hadn't really explored too much before, especially not in live action. And for them to have something so bold, to where No No Way Home f- is is its own movie. I'll put it this way. It yeah. feels like we were given the multiverse plot and a movie is formed based off that. Not the fact that it's based off of the last film, unfortunately. Like there's a huge disconnect. And it's still good. You know, like I enjoy it. I've rewatched it. I own it physically. I like it. I, it's probably my favorite of the Tom Holland films. But still, like, if we had had if that had been Spider Man four, I think it would have been perfect. I think it would have been so much more emotional. Um uh, just f- from all levels too, even having a bit more of a like a of a distance away from Andrew and Toby's return. Yeah, you know, just something a bit more. But yeah, no, I definitely don't disagree with that. Uh, I watched it twice. I watched it in theaters both times. The first time I watched it, mm. I was highly disappointed because the way the way this movie was setting up, I thought we were actually going to get to see more characters coming out because everything was falling apart from mm. what he did, and they just kind of. Swept, like they just swept it under the rug like nothing happened and I'm like I understand that this is kind of what annoys Adrian about Marvel movies is you none of the movies really stand alone anymore like yeah they're no. just they're, they're just setting up another movie and or 
and that's the other thing is like you got to do research now to watch a marvel movie like what happened in this show that i didn't watch mm -hmm. like and that that's kind of like so i get it but like i said Corey will never say anything bad about the mcu so we occasionally make jokes at his expense and he gets a little <laughs> he gets a little heated sometimes <laughs> yeah, it's fun it, do, it's fun though i mean we 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 have a lot of fun together we do come up with some really off the wall shit that we say mm -hmm. and um it, it works uh cam who we talked about uh from the jacked up review podcast uh he's constantly hitting us up to try to do more stuff with us because he just he he says he listens to our podcast mm. like frequently like he's a frequent listener so um it's it's been a fun we've been doing this now for a little over two years and okay. um uh yeah we we really enjoy it and we've definitely come a long way from our first episode that was i go back and listen to that and i'm like god we were we were a train wreck <laughs> <laughs> Well, man, it's great to get you on here. I'm glad we're able to get a chance to collab and everything, too. Um, of course, we're going to talk some more Marvel this week, because, as you mentioned, Deadpool 3 had a trailer drop as well. That so, I'm stoked for. We'll get to that in a little bit. But before we go ahead and dive all into news for this week, guys, I do want to go ahead and have a couple of announcements for you. Um, this week, of course, as you guys know, we've been bouncing back and forth between Awards Bait and LFG, our two other podcast series. Uh, this week, LFG came out again, and Brandon knocked it out of the park, dude. He had a special guest come on. Uh, there was a little movie that came out last year called Paint, which was the Bob Ross film. And Brandon had a chance to have the director, Britt McAdams, come on the podcast and discuss that film with him. So link down below. Check it out. I know the YouTube version should be coming out tomorrow. Um, that means, you know, Friday for this week, if you're one of our early morning listeners here on Thursday... You guys know the deal, so go ahead and get ready for that tomorrow. Uh, but yeah, also coming out on the YouTube channel very soon in our website, uh, Will's next short film, which is titled The Artist 1996. As you guys know, Will is the newest member of Galaxy of Film, officially joining as of last week. Uh, he discussed this a bit last week, too. You guys can find some more information about it and see the teaser on our channel publicly right now. On February 20th, it comes out publicly as well on the channel. Uh, but yeah, if you're a member of our Galaxy of Film fan club, you can watch this short film right now because it is exclusively available for members of the fan club. So check it out on Facebook. Our buddy Shamim, the director of Fan Relations here, runs it. And it's always a damn good time at Galaxy of Film. Um, last announcements I have for you guys, too. This is something Jake's been hyping up for a while, guys. You know, the award season is ending one month from now, basically, almost to the day, which means awards bait is coming to a close this season, and Jake has an incredible finale lined up for you guys. He'll be live streaming during the Oscars with some special guest hosts over here giving you some live coverage. He's going to have a giveaway going on. Check it out. It's on our YouTube channel, at Galaxy of Film, March 10th the awards bait finale so stay tuned and check out awards bait because jake will give all the updates for that on the actual show itself but yeah let's go ahead and dive into news um obviously the big thing being deadpool and wolverine trailer's dropped we got the name change from deadpool 3 before we get into that real quick though there's two smaller things that aren't super bold trailer related that we need to talk about real quick um, first up, this was actually released today. This is something we discussed in the podcast, I think a month ago. We have a new look at Jafar Jackson as Michael Jackson in the upcoming film. Now, I'm pumped for this. I had a huge Michael Jackson phase right when I was like 9 or 10. 
I'm still a big fan of his. And a movie I absolutely adore to death is called This Is It, the Michael Jackson film that came out right after he passed away. You know, it was the final album they were working on. It was supposed to be like this big spectacle, like tour he was doing. Um, and, you know, that was the last Michael Jackson film, to my knowledge. And now with us getting this actual biopic, because that's been the trend recently with films and having his nephew involved, um, I'm pumped for this thing, dude. I'm I'm really surprised we haven't gotten this sooner, to be honest with you. Um, I've been pretty impressed with the ones we've gotten. I like Bohemian Rhapsody. I liked Elvis. Back to Black looks pretty solid. The Bob Marley one comes out this week. I want to see that as well. Um, I didn't see Rocket Man, but I heard it was pretty solid too. Um, That's really good. So I'm, I'm surprised we're just now getting to Michael, but I'm really hoping it's for a good reason. I'm hoping this thing is as perfect as it can be. You know, what are your thoughts on the Michael Jackson film, Mike? Well, um, one, I got to say, Jafar Jackson looks almost exactly like Michael Jackson. So yeah. um, that that's pretty, maybe that's what they were waiting for. Yeah, no, for real. <laughs> um, but I mean, I'm pretty excited about it. I'm like, like you said, I'm a big fan of these biopics they've been doing. Mm. Uh, I'm pretty passionate about music. So if you're a huge music fan, you, you don't, if you don't know who Michael Jackson is, then there's something wrong with you. Um, he's got, uh, I love his music personally. So mm. I, I look forward to it. I, I hope it's good. Uh, I, I can't imagine with this trend, like you said, that they got going on, that it's going to be bad. I have yet to see a bad biopic that's been based off of a musician. So, yeah, like it, they're they're just solid for some reason, man. Well, there's a lot of drama there, and I think that's <laughs> that's what it is. <laughs> the, the only the, one I think was bad in my opinion. I really just didn't care for it. It's not even a musician; it's Priscilla, just the musician's wife. Oh <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. That some sometimes people have these ideas and they think outside the box, and. You know that's a good way to do. That's a good way to do business. It's a good way to do film. And somebody was like, you know what? Let's do this from a different perspective, which is not a bad idea if you can execute it properly. And with that film, they did. They they really didn't execute it properly. So no, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I felt like um, I saw more Elvis in the damn Priscilla movie than I did in Elvis. <laughs> <laughs> I was fed up with it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm pumped for the Jackson film as well. I uh, can't wait for this. Um, another piece of news we have here that is, you know, something we've kind of discussed here and there on the podcast. Um, not so much lately because there hasn't been too much news about it. But the Wiley e. Coyote film is being permanently shelved and deleted by Warner Brothers. Uh, they, of course, have been kind of like blueballing us for about a year now. You know, ever since the Batgirl was canceled, the Scoob sequel was canceled. This was one of those things. This was fully finished. And uh, they really, they're like, after fans petitioning and fighting for like a month or two, like, oh yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll sell it to someone else. And for almost a year of auctioning it back and forth, they refused to take any offers. And now they're deleting the film. Um, wow. David Zasloff is one of the biggest pieces of shit in, in the industry, in my opinion. This is a huge example of that. People are mad about Kathleen Kennedy and Star Wars, dude. Shut up. Be mad at Mr. David over here, bro. He sucks. <laughs> I'm so sick of hearing people piss the Kathleen Kennedy, but want to praise people like this guy. Um, it, it's pathetic, man. I can't stand it. This this blows. Unfortunately, Warner Brothers has got a 
they got a so-so reputation right now with their like their handling of their product and their movies like yeah they'll like i mean take the the dcu for example yeah before (laughs) before james gunn showed up you know you got maybe wonder woman and the first aquaman as decent to good movies and then the rest of them have been kind of crap i mean man of steel was okay um but overall they they just they they've missed the mark and i i'm a huge dc guy so that actually hurts me to say that but i mean they've been garbage they have not been good yeah so dude i, I don't um, even like james gunn anymore man so like i i refuse to watch future dc movies i'll watch the bat i'll watch the matt reeves stuff i'll uh, see that was so good i'll see anything batman related so i'll watch brave and the bold i'll see any entry dcu stuff of batman as long as it's not a I'm having to watch three Aquaman movies to see a Batman cameo. <laughs> you know, I'll see every right. solo Batman film. But uh, yeah, dude, I, as an as an independent filmmaker myself, companies like Warner Brothers scare me. You know, obviously my films aren't going to be sold to Warner Brothers right away. I'm not at that point yet. This makes me not want to ever do so. <laughs> oh yeah, no, you I don't know. blame you. They, they just they don't handle their properties correctly. Uh, no. Somehow. Their their TV shows for you know the DC comics were really good at first, and those even went downhill. Like they just oh like the CW I don't know. stuff. Yeah, the CW stuff. Yeah, like the first season of the Flash was probably the most comic book accurate thing involving the Flash that's ever been put to film. Mm. And like the the Arrow show was really good for the oh first three seasons. God. I'd say first four to be honest with you. With the you. fourth season was still pretty good. Yeah, but you like know. it just. It really went downhill after four. Season um, two is incredible of Arrow. Season two, I, I think the guy that they had uh, playing Slade Wilson mm-hmm. was was phenomenal. Um, yeah, it was just they did such a good job with their shows that, and then their movies were just trash. Like I don't even know how else to explain it. <laughs> they have yeah. been awful, and it's not even just the DC products. There's so many Warner Brothers things like I don't know if they just care about quantity over quality, but now this Wiley Coyote movie is that's the second movie that was completely finished that they are just not even gonna do anything with. Yeah, man, it's it's unfortunate. I think the moral of the story is fuck Warner Brothers personally. <laughs> I mean, I'm alright with that. I'm on board. Um, we're just well, we're just waiting on Disney to buy out uh, DC Comics or Warner Brothers in general. More, we're, we're gonna be good. Oh boy. <laughs> Our last piece of news for the week, of course, is the Deadpool Wolverine trailer, formerly titled Deadpool Three. Um, yeah, dude, this, there's been a lot of leaks for Deadpool 3, you know, this is the new Endgame in terms of leak, obviously, with Endgame and Infinity War being filmed at the same time, we couldn't piece where those leaks went, because that's five hours, five and a half hours of yeah. movie, um, but here we can kind of piece it together, and I gotta be real with you, man, as cool as this trailer is, I just wasn't excited, bro. These leaks are really killing this movie for me. Oh my gosh! Oh man, yeah. Well, I mean, I, we, we we know that we we know that Wolverine's gonna have his actual suit that he should have had from the beginning. Yeah, and yeah. that's awesome. But but like you said, that was leaked months ago. Yeah, that and, was like um, months ago. The we we see in the trailer the 20th Century Fox logo that's been leaked months ago. Yeah, the whole involvement with the TVA has been leaked months ago, and it's cool stuff. Don't get me wrong, but like, I I almost wish I didn't watch the trailer. As good as it is, and as much as I'm excited to watch this movie, 
you know, like I, I, I really think when it comes to Marvel, whenever I eventually get back into it, I have to fully blindly go into it. Like, I, yeah. I think it's going to be one of those kind of things. Like, I'm going to have to be blown away again. And hopefully this does that. You know, I don't want to go into this thing hating it. I love the last two Deadpool movies. That first one's a classic, especially. Oh, yeah. Um, But, man, like, I don't know. I don't know. What, what are your thoughts on it? Well, uh, <laughs> one, I, I don't think they really showed us anything to ruin the movie mm-hmm. with, with the trailer. I, I think what they showed us, most of it's probably within the first... 15 20 minute minutes of film for the movie uh i have a theory that i think they're either going to go the route of where deadpool kills the marvel universe which is a fun fantastic comic if you've never read it mm-hmm. um that's a great story to go go to if they're trying to reboot the entire mcu which there's been rumors that they've been thinking about it mm. um or i i don't i see that's that's my biggest theory is that I think they're going to try to do something like that. But uh, as far as like why they went after him and everything, they don't really, they don't explain that into the trailer. And I'm sure it's because he went back in time and saved his girlfriend and saved, you know, other people like Shatterstar, which had, was interesting to see him there. I wasn't expecting to see him there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad Peter's cool. I get what you're saying. I get, I don't know, man. Like, I'm also expecting Deadpool kills Marvel Universe, and that's the thing. Like, I think that's just what we're going to get. That, or yeah. we're just going to get a maybe. Maybe this movie fucks things up so big that like we thought No Way Home was going to, so then we get the whole Secret yeah. Wars team. Um, but I, I don't know, man. Like that's that's the unfortunate thing is I really wish this trailer didn't give me the Deadpool kills Marvel Universe thing. If I went into this blindly. Right. I, that would have blown my mind, I feel like. You know? Because I already know. I can already tell, dude. We're going to see... We're going to see Steve. We're going to see Chris Evans in this. We have to. Oh, yeah, for sure. After seeing Free Guy? Come on, man. Like... Yeah. It's, it's just going to uh, happen. I mean, that's okay. I, I'm okay with that. I mean, as long as they do it right. And I'm not worried about... Deadpool, even though I know it's another MCU movie mm. and those haven't been the greatest lately. Um, but Ryan has always been really true to the character. Um, him and the other two guys, uh, Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick, who wrote the first two Deadpool movies, they're involved again. The only difference with this movie is that they kind of have to answer to Kevin Feige now. So I have that's, that's another thing with it, too. Like, I think the reason I adore the first two Deadpool movies because I wasn't big on the Fox universe at all. I didn't. I've only seen a couple of the X Men films. Um, I don't think I've seen any of the ones where they're younger or anything. Uh, but yeah, like I I love them because those Deadpool movies can stand on their own. And yeah. I think that's the issue. Like you mentioned earlier, these Marvel movies feel like I'm watching to set up, set up, set up. And it's like here we are with Deadpool. And I'm, I'm anticipating a breath of fresh air. I'm anticipating Solo, do your thing. You're going to come to this world, but do your own little thing. And it really feels like oh, we're just not, we're lining the pins back up compared yeah. to knocking out of the park again. Well, I, I think, and unfortunately, they're going to use this as a way of intro- bringing the X-Men into the Marvel Universe. Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I, 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 in order for them to do what they are trying to accomplish, because I do, I do strongly believe that they are working towards 
finding a way that they can recast all these characters and reboot the Marvel universe. Um, this was the only logical way to do it. Yeah. Um, I, there's not really another comic out there where like, it's not like with DC where the flash can run back in time and screw one thing up and cause a butterfly effect. And that's mm. how you get the new 52. No, it's, it's like, this is Deadpool who breaks the fourth wall who knows that they're just characters that don't actually exist, so he has no problems killing them. Like, yeah. I, I'm interested to see how they pull all of this off. Do I think that they're going to go exactly with how the comic happens? No, because you know, film never does that. Honestly, yeah. That that's and people complain about that kind of thing all the time. You know, I, I'm I'm here or there for it. The beautiful thing about comics is you can take the source material and change just a little bit of it because that's what everybody else does when they write a new origin story or whatever. <laughs> You're not wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, I don't yeah, know. We'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah. It's going to have to be one of those situations. Like, uh, I think my big concern, what, what I'm, what I'm going to go in with this with high hopes is just comparing it to the other two. to that MCU. Like you got to you got to get rid of the the cinematic universe goggles with this, in my opinion. Yeah, you know, and I guess it's any MC movie right now. Like that's why I miss the Marvels because I know I'd like the Marvels, but I don't want to see it in this headspace. You know? No, that, that that's a I mean that's good. Um, Corey would really appreciate you for, for not wanting <laughs> to do that. Because I mean, it's true. And Adrian and I talked about this over in Culture Shock. It was like there we think that there might be a bit of a a comic book movie like drag. Like there's just people who don't really like they're burnt out on it. That's what I was looking for. You know? Yeah. People are burnt out on all these comic book movies. And the problem for me is I think they're just trying to pop them out now. They're not trying to focus on the quality of it. Absolutely. And that's why Marvel went ahead and pushed all of their movies that were supposed to come out this year back except for Deadpool. Mm -hmm. I mean, they realized that they were, basically just trying to make money instead of make good movies. <laughs> you certainly aren't wrong with that, man. You certainly aren't. <laughs> so uh, hopefully this whole plan of theirs by pushing everything back and they just mainly focused on Deadpool three or now Deadpool and Wolverine. Mm. Uh, hopefully this pans out and the Marvel or the MCU starts to come back to where it was. I, I would like to enjoy an MCU movie again. That would, that would be nice. <laughs> One of these days, one of these days, who knows? <laughs> Hopefully. But guys, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break now that we're done with the news. Whenever we get back, we're going to go ahead and start talking about our first film of this week, Warm Bodies. Uh, of course, we do have our stream of the week brought to you this week by none other than Dakari. So we'll be right back, guys. Oh, hi, Mark. Yo, this is Ty from Novex. Make sure you go check out Novex. It's available now. You can check it out on YouTube channel, Galaxy of Film. Appreciate the support. Holla. Hello. This is 
Hello, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are. This is the Kari Hoarder coming at you live right about now from Galaxy Film Headquarters. Podcasting territory this time around. And in this episode for Stream of the Week, sort of Valentine's Day related, I'm going to cover a film called Showgirls. Showgirls was a film that has gained an infamous cult following and reputation uh, since its release in 1995. It is nothing like you'll ever see in your life. It has the characteristics of a guilty pleasure while also having the characteristics of an absolutely gut-punching and fantastically drawn-out satire. Honestly, it has to be seen to be believed. (laughs) You must watch Showgirls at least one time in your life. Paul Verhoeven did his thing with it. Must watch. The Galaxy of Film rating system is based off planets featured within the Star Wars films. From our highest rating to lowest, here is the order in which we rate these films. Number 5. Coruscant, the entire planet is one big city. Number 4. Thanks. Bespin, it's pretty far, but I think we can make it. Mining colony? Yeah, Tabana gas mine. Number 3. Like you did by the lake on the boo. Number 2. Set your course for the hot system. And lastly, number 1. Gotta get back to Jakku. Back to Jakku! Why does everyone want to go back to Jakku? Alright guys, we're back from our break, ready to discuss our first film for this week, uh, Warm Bodies. This came out in 2013. Now, Mike, was this your first time watching this film? Uh, yeah, yeah, it was. Um, okay. I, when I saw the trailer come out back in 2013, I, I thought it was a, a neat concept, and mm-hmm. I was like, that's going to be this is gonna be one of those movies that I'm going to laugh at, but I feel like I shouldn't be laughing at. Um, <laughs> so I, I always wanted to watch it, and then I just never got around to doing so until, you know, just recently... <laughs> So this was this was something my, my high school girlfriend made me watch, and oh. um, I'll put it this way, man. I'll put it this way. You know, obviously you've only been in the podcast for thirty minutes now, so it's not <laughs> like you, you you know everything I like. But you get a taste of what, what my interests are for films already, right? Get a gauge. Yeah. Her her interests for films were her for top three films. Okay, <laughs> three being Warm Bodies. Oh. <laughs> There's three being warm bodies, two being divergence, and three being dude wears my car. So a terrible those, combination. These are all three very different movies. <laughs> they're awful. They're all awful. That's, that's, so she made me watch this, and this was oh. one of the first movies where I, I looked over at someone in the middle of the movie, and I'm like, what the fuck are you showing me? Oh, um, that that cracks me up. So I, I didn't finish this as, as a teenager. And okay. this was my first complete watch of it. Um, and that's that's the crazy thing. I don't remember like if I if I started this movie from the very beginning because she owned it on DVD. So like I don't remember if I just walked in and kind of like caught it like 15 minutes in kind of deep thing or what. But like I didn't remember half of this. And upon rewatching it, I'm blown away that at 15 years old, I watched half of this movie. <laughs> um, for a little bit of a recap, we have Dave Franco, who's just in this, and I had no clue until he was on screen. Uh, he's here. He's got his girlfriend in a little military city, you know, walls around the whole city street, the whole nine yards, Last of Us shit. Um, they're on a mission. The zombie's there. Zombie bites him. Little Dave Franco. He takes a little chunk out of him. 
Um, and during this, we get some cool, we get some decent monologue stuff. Okay, I will, I do like the inner thoughts of the zombie. Yeah, that's a cool yeah, that's concept cool. of this. Um, and that's when I can tell it's written, it's an adaptation, which this film is. Um, so we get some monologue for the zombie. He's like, yo, eating brains makes me get the memories back. It's like, all right, dude, I don't know what the hell you're smoking and eating. I don't know what your brains are laced <laughs> with, but all right, if that's the case, just, just dig on in, pal. Um, so yeah, he's eating Franco's memories and he sees across the room, Franco's girl. And he's like, yo, I just remembered I banged you on the way over here. So he's all head over heels for her. Um, yeah, protects her. They get out. He's like, yo, don't do this. You gotta stay here. And she's like, no. And does it anyway, like four times. And yeah, then we're at an airplane that he lives in. The zombie's name is R, by the way, because he can't say his damn name. So he's just R. Uh, they're living in a plane, start to fall in love, R slowly becomes back to life because his heart is working, you know, and um, that's that's just a good good love story. There. <laughs> love so true that it brings a zombie back to life. Oh, he then realizes other zombies are also slowly becoming are coming back. Um, old girl runs away from R. R follows her. Uh, he follows her back to the silly city compound military, whatever the hell. They just he, he follows her home. Her dad's running the place. He doesn't approve. She's hiding him out, kind of thing. Uh, all of a sudden, it's revealed the zombies are coming to help. The zombies are coming. We got some Paul Revere action going through. Um, then it's revealed that there's oh, there, one of the things that's really cool about this movie is that there's a whole other race of like zombies. That's like the super yeah. zombies. You know how there's the like the clickers in in Last of Us, and we get to the bloaters. These are the bloaters of this world, uh, which is also funny because this came out the same year Last of Us did. <laughs> so real original. Wonder where that idea came from. And uh, yeah, we get these skeleton-looking dudes, which are just skeleton zombies, more or less. They're the big baddies or the final boss. They're on the way. So the zombies are on the way to stop the skeletons. When they get there, the zombies and the humans got to team up to stop them. Um, we get this gorgeous, gorgeous shot. Like this had to cost a hundred million to shoot this one scene alone of R and his girlfriend at the edge of this window thing. And he just says flew and flows him out of the fucking window and lands in a pool. And it looks about as crisp as Florence Pugh flying off the tank in black widow. If you've seen yeah. that movie, you okay, understand. Yeah. yeah. So they, they land in the pool and even though Arland softly, he took the hit. He took the impact. So he's down for the count. She saves him. She gives him the kiss. They get a little freaky deaky in the pool. And then as soon as R gets it up, he's brought back down by being shot by her father. It's then revealed he's bleeding. He's back, brought back fully. And all the zombies come back. And the bad zombies die. And yeah, dude, that's warm bodies. This was a movie. <laughs> It sure was. <laughs> yeah. Are you, a, are you a zombie fan, first and foremost? I, you know, I, I used to be really big into The Walking Dead. Um, That's my exposure, and, too. And I, and I fell off from The Walking Dead around the time, right before Negan showed up. Okay. Um, I just kind of lost interest in it. Like it's and, and now the fact that they have all these different spinoffs, I'm like, what are you doing? Like It's way too much. Talk about, talk about milking something to death. Um. Nah, uh, so you know, I've never, I didn't hate zombie stuff. You know, I, mm -hmm. 
I've watched Night of the Living Dead, which is, you know, filmed right down, you know, my backyard. Not my backyard, actually, but... Your neighbor's here backyard. Pen- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but here, in, uh, here in Pennsylvania, where I, hmm. you know, reside in it, they, um, they filmed it down in a city called Evans City. So... That's kind of cool because it's really not. Evan City is a very small town, so it was perfect for them to do that film there. Okay. I don't know, have you I'm... ever seen Night of Have you ever seen Night of the Living? Or God. Yeah, I got a post me. of it in my in my hallway actually. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and so I like zombie stuff. Um, this movie, I didn't hate it. I mean, I this is gonna be weird because it sounds like you hated it. <laughs> it. Do I hate it? No. Is it great? No. Is it good? Not at all. Like it's it's bad, but it's not bad enough to where I hate it. You know, right. I, I found parts of me enjoying it, and you know, there were definitely other parts where I'm like, kind of like, what the fuck am I watching? Yeah, like, but, there's some cool stuff. Like the zombie skeletons are neat. You know, I like yeah, the I like monologue that. stuff. And I agreed with you. Yeah, the monologue stuff was really cool. I did. It's weird. So I do find it to be a neat concept that perhaps zombies aren't fully dead. But like, I'm sorry if your heart's not beating anymore. Um, I don't. I don't think just falling in love is going to make it miraculously start beating again. Yeah, like it's, it's cool you, concepts, like you, but there's the execution is rough, man. Yeah, <laughs> and and I'm supposed to accept that this Nicholas Holt character, which I mean, if I mean he's a great actor, but this role was not his best. And the fact that like, I, I get so weird cause he's supposed to be the next Lex Luthor in the, in the James Gunn DCU. And all oh, that's I'm Lex like, Luthor. That's wow. going to be the, yeah. I was like, so this zombie, this R is going to be the next Lex Luthor. That is so funny, dude. I, I love I, it. I, <laughs> I just, I think he could pull it off, but I, you know what? I also thought Jesse Eisenberg could pull it off. So mm-hmm. I've been I've been wrong before. <laughs> yeah, uh, this movie. I don't know. There's definitely some comedic moments that were pretty funny. Uh, of course, I'm a huge Dave Franco fan. Naturally, of course, he's aside from the flashbacks from R eating his brains, it, mm-hmm. he's really only in it for five minutes. Which is, and, cr- I wonder how much he got paid for this. Right. Well, he's. Sixth build on the cast list, so he didn't get paid as much as the other people. Yeah, still, but five minutes. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like he was in it for like five minutes, and it's just wild to me because like the last two Dave Franco movies I've watched, he's been in it for like the first fifteen minutes, and that's it. <laughs> Man, I I couldn't tell you the last uh, Dave Franco movie I watched to be honest with you, other than Disaster Artist, off the top of my head. Oh, I haven't seen that. I hear that's really good and funny. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're, you know where I'm going with that. <laughs> yeah, they're, I mean, they're making fun of The Room. I mean, how can it not be funny? <laughs> but yeah, man. Um, that, that's Lex Luthor. That's fucking... I didn't realize that. Yeah, it that drives cracks me, nuts. me up. That is the funniest thing in the world for me, actually. Lex I, as a, as a huge Smallville fan, um, Michael Rosenbaum's always going to be Lex Luthor to me. Mm-hmm. I just hit my microphone. I apologize. Um, <laughs> you know, I, yeah, Michael Rosbaum was phenomenal as Lex Luthor in Smallville, and to see anybody else in that role, it's really hard for me because, like, I, I don't see anybody bringing that kind of passion to it. See, Jesse Eisenberg. My, the only Lex Luthor I like, man, <laughs> is Kevin Spacey. Uh, you know what? I loved Kevin Spacey's Lex Luthor. Yeah, I did. Um, and 
I mean, that came out during the height of, you know, Smallville was still happening, so. Yeah, it was. What, that's what, 2006? Yeah, 2006, and, like, Smallville ran from 2000, 2001 to 2010, so. Yeah. Um, no, I did like Kevin Spacey's Lex Luthor. He did a really good job. Um, he, lots of people, there, there's lots of debates about who's the best one. Yeah, of me, it's like bad. It's Rosenbaum. It's Rosenbaum for me, you know. And that's <laughs> that's not. I mean, it's subjective. Other sure. people, I don't think anybody's opinion's wrong with that, unless they say Jesse Eisenberg. <laughs> <laughs> that's too funny. Um, uh, what are some standout moments from Warm Bodies for you, off the top here? Anything you don't like about this movie, too? Um, it, I mean, it was it's very predictable. Um, yeah, I. I I tried really like, unfortunately, especially now since I've been doing podcasting, uh, I overanalyze everything I watch. I mean, and... I'm in the same position, man. It's it's a it's a double edged sword. So, like, I'm sitting here and I'm like, oh, this is this is probably what's going to happen next, and boom, that's what happened. And uh, like, I, I will say the one thing I didn't see coming and I should have is when he admits to her that he's the one that killed um, was it Perry? I think is his name. When he missed her, that he basically killed her boyfriend. You know, she was upset with him, but she already knew. Like she's like, I kind of already knew that. So, so I'm like, <laughs> how are you upset? He just came out and told you the truth. Like, isn't that what isn't that what guys are supposed to do when they like a girl? They're supposed to be honest with them. I don't fucking know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, she leaves, and I'm like, why did she leave? She should have waited for him to wake up at least to say bye. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't expect her to be gone when he woke up in the morning. I should have. I, I don't know. And then, of course, John Malkovich sh- shooting him in the pool. Saw that coming a mile away. Um, yeah. This movie. The movie was just very predictable, and it, it kind of. It was slow at times. Like there were moments that things were happening, and I'm like, okay, so when's something good gonna happen, or when's something like exciting gonna happen? Yeah, it's a I mean, drawn I'm, out I, like hour and a half. Yeah. Like I'm glad that you two are bonding right now. That and you guys are like doing this ridiculous stuff. Watching him try to drive a car was funny. I will say that that was it's a cool concept. Yeah, yeah, because it hadn't been done before, kind of thing. Like I get it, but in in context of the rest of the movie, it, it, it's bogged down. Unfortunately, it is. Yeah, and of course, the the typical happy ending. Oh, her father suddenly realizes the zombies aren't actually bad and. We yeah. can save them. Like this is some hard ass, hardcore military man that's like, we're gonna kill them all. You're not changing his mind. Like you're there's no way his mind's actually gonna get changed. Go fuck yourself. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, man. Warm bodies, this was this was something else. Um I don't regret rewatching this, but uh I'll probably never watch it again. <laughs> you know, it it I mean this the only reason I watched it. So it's one of my fiance's favorite movies, and um, it happened to be on the TV downstairs. Mm. We leave the TV on for the, for the dog when we leave. Okay. And I when we came back home, I was about to I was going to turn the TV off, and I walked up and I told her I was like, oh yeah, Warm Bodies was on TV. And I was like, I'd never seen that movie. She's like, oh well, we're watching it right now. I'm like. Okay. <laughs> Please tell me it's not her third favorite film, man. <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay. Um, as far as I, as far as I know, I don't believe so. <laughs> yeah, but I, I do. She really enjoys it, so that's why we watched it. And I, I didn't hate it. Like I said, I didn't hate it. Um, I enjoyed parts of it. Mm-hmm. 
it it was definitely not I, I didn't feel like I wasted the hour. I didn't feel like I wasted an hour and thirty eight minutes when I watched it. So that that's usually how I kind of determine whether or not a movie's okay to me or not. Like, cause if I'm watching it and I'm like, this is just a big waste of my time, then to me, that's just automatically a bad movie in my opinion. Yeah. Especially if it's not memorable. And it's like, you know what? The bad yeah. stuff in this movie is memorable, which I can appreciate at least. It's, yeah. it's bad <laughs> with class. <laughs> hey, it's got a solid 6.8 rating on IMDb. So, Oh my God. I, I, I'd I, rather make so many other jokes about 6.8 towards this movie, dude. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, oh, I I do that because uh, we do a bad movie series mm. over on Culture Shocked, and anything below a six on IMDb is considered a bad movie for us. Oh, so, really? So that's what we um we ba- we base our ranking system off of that. And we we've we've done some pr- we've done some shitters, that's for sure. <laughs> so let me ask you this then, Mike: What would you rate Warm Bodies then? What I rate warm bodies, uh, based off of your scale that I was looking at earlier. Mm. Um, honestly, I, I would probably rate it a, like a three. I would rate it a Nibu. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. For me, this is like a. This is. This is a Jakku on the way to the Hoth. Like, it's just barely <laughs> not a Hoth. Like, I feel like I don't know, man. I, this would be a Hoth if I could see myself watching it again, but I just don't. Yeah. You know, like I said, 10 years ago, I tried watching this movie and I couldn't finish it here again. And I was like, wow, I was amazed I even got that far. I, that, that's kind of where I'm at <laughs> with this. Yeah, this was just what completing that? an old watch I never finished. Um, checked it off the list. I will I'll never watch this again. <laughs> now you can say you've watched it. Yeah. You know what? It'll look really well when I go ahead and get a nice little bulletin board for every Dave Franco movie I've watched. There I you go. A star right next to Warm Bodies. <laughs> every Dave Franco movie you watched. <laughs> yeah, that'll certainly he, age well, too. <laughs> he's, he's got a lot of better ones, that's for sure. Yeah. Thank God. Thank God, man. <laughs> Well, Mike, it's been good getting you on here to talk about some zombie love. We're getting ready to yeah, go absolutely. for another break to talk about Lisa Frankenstein with our boy Johnny Zuko from the Bump of the Night podcast. Before we go, though, where can our listeners find you and your podcast, Mike? Okay, so uh, on Facebook, it's just Culture Shock Podcast. Uh, on Instagram, I believe it's Culture Shock 21. On Twitter, or X as it's now called, it's also Culture Shock 21. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where that's where Corey, our social media manager, does most of the work. So yeah, we always invite people to come on over. You know, comment on whatever we're doing. You know, tell us how wrong we are about our opinions. Mm-hmm. We love we love to hear that. Um, yeah, no, it's that's pretty much it. Awesome, man. Awesome, and of course, links down below for everyone too. And guys, we're gonna go ahead and take a quick little break. When we come back, we are talking Lisa Frankenstein. We'll be right back, guys. Alright guys, and we're back from our break. We got another little guest star joining us this week. Like I mentioned before, we got our boy in the house, Johnny Zuko. How are you doing, bro? Yo, 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 good, man. You know, I can't wait to talk about this fucking movie. Uh, <laughs> you know, this is awesome. 
this is badass but yeah, yeah no man uh, it's been a it's been a good day man it's a good night so yeah man how about Absolutely. you you been good doing good doing good a little stress got a lot of stuff going on triple booked this week of recording got some really special episodes uh, our audience will be getting soon enough obviously the one that we just worked on today um you know what you know what johnny i was gonna i was gonna like you know kind of just drop this on them in a couple weeks but you know what we'll reveal it now we did just do a really sick uh goosebumps episode dropping in a few weeks with uh the illustrator tim jokovis so that's pretty awesome we had a great time with that yeah Great stay talk. Tuned. Great talk. Stay tuned, our listeners. We have had some good time. This is the second like cool horror talk we've done, Johnny. We had uh, mm-hmm. Jeffrey Reddick a couple weeks ago too, which is awesome. So yeah, man. You know what, man? I'm this just actually kind of inspired me because now I'm gonna reach out to like a couple of horror people and see if they want to come on their show. God, you know who I was reaching out that I'd love to have on at some point. That I know, I know our listeners can't see your your background here. You have. But if they've uh, watched are you talking about, talk about the dude with the abs right here? No, but he he'll be at um. Oh no 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 no, Johnny. But I'll, I'll get to that in a second. Actually, oh, I want I want the other guy you got next to do with the abs. I want Damian Leone, man. I want Terrifier on. Oh, but speaking you know of, he's, he's um, actually going to be in Sacramento in two months. So maybe I'll fun. put in a word. Well, maybe I'll put in a word because Sam Raimi will be here in four months. <laughs> oh, yeah, shit. I would kill to have Raimi on, dude. Fucking Max doing big things, man. Hell yeah, man. Let's let's not get our hopes up too much. We gotta okay. we gotta you know blue bar guests sometimes, you know. Okay, okay. Maybe the listeners want more. Out then. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Point being, I was about to play uh, Ti Big Things popping right now, bro. <laughs> It's always fucking great getting you on here, Johnny. But of course, we are this week discussing Lisa Frankenstein. Um, real quick, dude, something that I we, we need to talk about address. This mm. is the directorial debut of one Zelda Williams. And if you don't know who Zelda Williams is, she is the daughter of Robin Williams. Um, rest now, in peace. Yeah, yeah, absolutely rest in peace. I We haven't done a Robin Williams episode on the podcast yet. And wow, really? This, Seriously? Well, this is something I was about to get into. Like, I, I've, I've discussed this a few times. Robin Williams's death um, is one of the few celebrity deaths that, like, really, really hit me hard. Like, the big three for me that, like, left me shocked were was, uh, was MCA from the Beastie Boys, uh, Carrie Fisher, and Robin Williams. Like, I remember where I was standing. I remember how I felt. Like, I fell down when Carrie Fisher died kind of thing. Like, those are the ones that shook me. And Robin Williams' death really fucking hit. And when it hit, like, really spoke with me. Um, Because, obviously, everyone knows he passed away from suicide kind of deal. Um, And whenever that had happened, like, I was experiencing, like, depression and stuff and whatnot for the first time in my life. Around that age, it was 2014. And one thing that always kind of helped with that, because Robin Williams was very much an actor, very prominent in my childhood. um, I, I don't watch a lot of his movies because I'd say there's about a quarter or maybe half of his filmography left that I haven't seen. So I, 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 it's like a, like a reward for me, you know, when I'm going through something, when I'm going through a milestone, I'm hopping in a Robin Williams film because there's not many left I have to experience. Like I still haven't seen Good Will Hunting. 
You know, Neither I, am I, actually. I'm saving that for a low point in my life because I know it's supposed to be real motivational. You know, but like uh, the Fisher King, for example, I think was the first. No, no, I'm tripping. I'm tripping. I was I watched that in college. Excuse me. Um, oh, oh, Angriest Man in Brooklyn was was the first thing I watched, and he passed away, and broke me during that film as well. There was there was a couple others back to back, but point being, big big fan of Robin Williams. Um, has a very very special place in my heart. The first character I ever cosplayed as at the convention was a Robin Williams character. It was Mork from Orc, actually. Um, <laughs> yeah, man, like I, I love that man to death. I have his autograph sitting right here next to my, uh, next to my, my 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 desk, dude. Like huge, huge inspiration in my life. Um, so I, w- I was very excited to see that Zelda was doing a film. Obviously, I'd followed her because of Robin, and you know I'd seen her post over the years about Robin's passing, which is hitting the ten year anniversary this year, which is insane. Um, but you know, one thing that I knew Zelda from was the Legend of Zelda commercials that Robin Williams and her did, because he named her after the game series. He loved it so much, and Nintendo kind of loved that. So I think it's Skyward Sword, if I'm not mistaken. That like they did all the promotional marketing for it. Uh, Nintendo put a character to tribute and pay honor to him in Breath of the Wild after he passed away. Like it's huge, and that was my exposure to Zelda. Um, so seeing her come out and dive into directing and not just acting, I was blown away. I was like, oh my gosh! Like she's not just following in her dad's footsteps. She's doing her own thing. Like I have to support this movie. Like I, I don't care what I end up paying to see for this year. Like I have to, I have to support this movie to go see it. And yeah, man, like you mentioned a second ago, this is fun. I, I loved this movie. I absolutely adored Lisa Frankenstein. Um, you know, a bit of a recap for this movie. This, of course, plays on the Frankenstein trope, bringing the dead back to life and falling in love kind of deal, the monster and the fish out of water. However, it has like an Edward Scissorhands approach to it. Um, Lisa's the local, out- local outcast. Her mom was murdered. Her dad is a pushover. Her stepmom's a bitch. And her stepsister's a slut. Uh, she likes to hang out in graveyards, typical edgy 80s stuff. Uh, Cole Sprouse comes to life. She basically, like, ETs him, you know, dresses him up, hides in the closet, you know, don't move while my parents are home. Uh, they slowly start to fall in love. Then Lisa's like, yo, I kind of want dick from this other guy. So she goes to get dick from this other guy. And, it, it, yeah, they, they kind of kill a few people in the process, including the stepmom and a dude who's all over Lisa at one point. Um, and after she, you know then cuts off the guy's dick with <laughs> with our Mr. Frankenstein character here. And she decides that she's going to fuck, finally. So they sew the dick onto the zombie. She gets some... She gets some zick. <laughs> and uh, the next day, instead of getting caught, they decide that she's going to die. She ends up dying in this cool tanning oven, which is basically the device, like the, it's like the, the surgery table, the, it's alive table, yeah. you know, the, the, yeah. the, 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 the flat stone brick that we see with the headpiece on there, the basic ass thing. It's a, it's a tanning bed. In this. It's a, it's a reminiscent of the castle from the first. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, she dies. She's setting fire in this. And end up with the film ending with Cole Sprouse's Frankenstein character being like fully restored back to life kind of thing. 
And she's brought back to life now, but she's zombified and is slowly coming back, slowly recovering. And their love can live on kind of deal. And we get this absolutely, I, I was in tears at the very end. And I'm sure you caught this too, Johnny. But at that very end, when he's reading her the story on the park bench, there's one little detail. And it's the most beautiful thing is seeing those yellow suspenders again. Or no, you know, the rainbow suspenders again, man. Like seeing that, that on screen, like I I don't know if they were the actual prop. If it was just an Easter I don't know what those physically were. But you know Either way it was a great tribute, man, to her dad. But like, say, but behind like, the camera we knew what it was. Yeah. I mean, because once you saw those, man, like you knew like I mean, of course she was going to put something in there about her dad, you know, like she had to, it was her first movie. And yeah. I know, I know Robin would have been fucking so proud of her for this movie. Yeah. Cause God damn, dude, this is, this was fucking amazing. I really hope Diablo Cody and Zelda Williams, like do more together. Cause yeah. I don't think this, this duel can be stopped. And it is unfortunate too, because this movie did not do well. Mm, it's not but part of it is the fucking part of it like is 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 on focus because they released it super bowl weekend what the fuck were you thinking releasing it super bowl weekend especially when your demographic is watching the super bowl for the first fucking time yeah 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 it was the most watched super bowl of Mm -hmm. all time at 174 it's, million, isn't it these the second most watched like pr- like television program period now? I think or the first, yeah. or is it yeah. right under the Apollo moon landing still? I think it's I think it's Apollo still, but it is like close though. Yeah, it is close. insane, but still, I I do think like had they had waited and dropped this on Valentine's Day, this would have been much more successful, and I think they got fucked on their release date, and it's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Because I, I went, I went last night, and it was like an empty theater. Mm-hmm. But I, I, like, I, I, oh. I something I talked about on the podcast last week too. I'm not going to get too much in detail out of respect for the company, but like I work for a movie theater now, and so like mm-hmm. I, I get to see get statistics, who how many tickets are selling, all that jazz. And you're right, like no one's seeing this, unfortunately, even in my theater. And dude, I, I can't rave about it enough. Like I had three guests yesterday. I I feel like a car salesman, bro. I'm convincing these motherfuckers to see this instead of Aquaman 2. And it worked. Thank God. But, like, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, I'm that, in that, that kind of position. Aquaman's a train wreck. What the fuck? Dude, oh, I don't even start about Aquaman 2. I refuse. But, yeah, man, Lisa Frankenstein. Um, this, this was an absolute joy to watch. I fell in love with this. And since watching it, I've fallen more and more in love with this, actually. This is a true gem. Like, maybe, obviously, it's second month in the year, so I don't know if this will be in the top ten of the year. But at the very least, I will certainly remember this. Case. It has a strong case. Yeah. It's it's Definitely very unique. Case. It's stylized so well. There's some cool camera stuff in there. Um, I I personally had never seen Catherine in anything other than Quantumania. So, oh, you know, so you never seen her in Freaky? No, I hadn't seen Freaky. Oh, yeah. bro, bro. So like you gotta watch Freaky. I was hard. really really happy with this. You know, I got kind of like almost like a early Winona vibe from her from this in certain scenes. Yeah, she's like very Lydia Dietzy. Yeah, dude, she's awesome in this. Um, obviously, yeah. I'm a I'm a I'm a '90s kid. I was born November '99, guys. Um, so I grew up with the Sprouse twins on TV. I was a Zach and Cody kid. 
you know, I, I didn't watch Riverdale. I wasn't a fan of that, the Archie stuff growing up, so I had no interest in watching Riverdale. Um, and so now that that's over and he's able to do other things again, finally, it's cool to see him on screen again. I, I had a blast seeing him, dude. Like, I used to watch this guy as a kid. And seeing him in a project like this, I was proud to. You know, it's, mm-hmm. oh, Especially with the yellow suspender, or not the, I keep saying yellow, dude. What the fuck? Rainbow, the rainbow, rainbow. suspenders. I say His no shirt was yellow, but I see why you you confused it too. Thank you. <laughs> I, I um, do see why. Uh, yeah. You know what? When I the the opening to this movie, oh, and then so just like that that very bright pink house, it made me feel like very early Tim Burton. Yeah, early Burton films. Like, dude, the like storybook this credits is, too. Yeah, this is like very early Tim Burton as this is this is someone that really understands what kind of movie this is and the kind of hyper reality that we're living in and really just kind of embracing that. Like I got Pleasantville vibes, I got Edward Scissorhand vibes mm. throughout this movie. And this movie was just dark enough but just light enough where it worked. Like the the horror and the humor worked, like they balanced each other out. Mm-hmm very well and Catherine newton's performance in this is is great like she, she's really awesome in this movie i do have one fucking big problem with this movie though one big fucking problem. And what is that that the fucking bitch tamra did not get killed <laughs> that's the sister to mm-hmm. uh to the editor i'm like how do you not kill this bitch like, this bitch just literally rats you out. How do you not take her fucking tongue? <laughs> no, I agree, man. I agree. Um, I, I don't really have any gripes with, with Lisa Frankenstein, to be honest with you. It's just I a was... personal thing. I'm just... No, like, other than that, it's a flawless movie. It, 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 I can't think of many flaws to this movie, honestly. Yeah, and that's, that's the cool thing, because it's like, you know, it, this is really an underdog film. Mm-hmm. throughout the entire bit of it and i love it for that um it looks gorgeous it's colored beautifully it's shot pretty well um you know it made me respect these actors a lot more too and i want to see more of their stuff you know i now understand why they recast cassie lang and ant-man okay i didn't get it when i saw quantumania but i get the hype now <laughs> you know um you freaky is the reason she got that role I mean, that is why she got let that me, role. Let me look that up freaky. real quick, dude. Cause, yeah, it's pretty that's... much Freaky Friday with a serial killer. It's fucking awesome. Really? Is it, It's a movie or yeah. a show? It's a movie uh, directed by Christopher Landon, the guy who <gasps> did the Happy Death Day movies. Oh, dude, with uh, Vince Vaughn. I do remember this. I didn't watch it, though. She's blonde. Yeah. That's and why Vince I didn't Vaughn think is... it was her in this. Yeah, and Vince Vaughn is playing like a fucking uh, 16, 17-year-old girl. <laughs> It's fucking hilarious, dude. Yeah, it's great. man. I need to watch. Yes, or we'll we'll cover that this year. <laughs> One of these days, um, Johnny. What would you rate Lisa Frankenstein if you had to? I gave this uh, four and a half Z's. Four and a half Z's. Okay. Yeah, four and a half Z's. So that's uh, what is that? A best spin on the way to court. You'll get there one day. Yeah, Danny. best spin, best spin. Yeah, <laughs> it's on the t- like I because I, I just went over the rating system and I'm just like, oh my god, like what the fuck was it? <laughs> I know Coruscant was number five, but I can't remember what four is. So we'll yeah, get you there one day, spin. buddy. Yeah, 
uh, to best bend on the way to the chorus line again is the the Tamra thing just bothered me, but that was just really more of a like a bloodlust that mm. I had. Um, but other than that, I thought this movie was fucking phenomenal. It was great, and I love the subtleties and I love the symbolisms and the parallels of Victor Frankenstein and Lisa Frankenstein together. I mm. love how they arc, and I, I also do love too. I don't know if you caught this that she was the bride for a majority of this movie where she rejected the monster. And I was like, dude, that is so fucking smart mm. to integrate her as the bride. Because even in the dream sequence, she was dressed up as the bride. Mm. And she, they even reenact that meme where like, uh, I don't know if you remember that meme where Frankenstein pulls her hand and she's like, she has this like shot look on her face. Like they, they yeah, did yeah, that. You're talking about, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was great. Um, but yeah, no, and this movie's PG thirteen, which is great. That's what's wild. This is That's a better. Wild. This is a better PG thirteen horror movie than Megan. Yeah, I, I haven't seen Megan. Oh <laughs> uh, well, take my word for it. <laughs> yeah, no, anything that has Blumhouse on the front of it, dude, more likely than not, I am not going to see. Like, they have you. burnt that fucking bridge with me as a viewer. <laughs> so like, fuck that. Me and Romero, we we constantly clown Blumhouse. Fuck that company. Like they want to be bought. They want to be New Line Cinema, but don't know how to be New Line Cinema. Yeah, they're but, awful, dude. Um, yeah, for me, this this is like a coruscant, man. I, I again, like the more I sit with it, the more I love it. I walked out of the theater and I was like, you know what? That was probably a good naboo. But the more I think about it, dude, yeah, this I'll have to get this physically at some point. This it's is crazy to me one. that this movie sits at a fifty percent, dude. Yeah. And it's six and a half on IMDb. Like, what the fuck is that not to love about this movie? And you get some mature teen humor, like like in Bottoms almost. Like, it's not as vulgar as Bottoms, but, like, it has that kind of, like, theme with it. I love it, dude. And I do like the fact that Taffy wasn't, like, the the evil stepsister. Like, she was was the cool stepsister. Mm -hmm. She was actually, like, you know, trying to help her. And then you have the evil stepmother. And the dad, and the one thing I thought where they were, I thought they were going to go with, mm. and I was kind of hoping they, and I wish they kind of expand upon this. I don't think this is going to be a franchise though. Like the murderer, like the axe murderer. Like, yeah, I thought the axe murderer was going to be the dad. Mm-hmm. I thought some way, shape or form that like it was going to be the dad because six months later, he's already married. What? I thought about like, that, that too. I was, was like, having an affair. I'm sorry, this? dude. Like he was already on the, the she was already on the side. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. You know what I mean? Six months later, that's crazy. That's crazy. So, it you know, is. there's there's some questions there. Because I yeah. think he might be the expert. I don't think he's much of a pushover that people think he is. Dude, and also, real quick, oh, we forgot to mention, the poster is so gorgeous for this, too. Both of them. Both, Both of them. I love the, the glasses one. Oh. The glasses one. The one, the heart is, is really great with the silhouettes of them mm-hmm. in front of the moon. Oh, that that's awesome. Yeah, solid posters, man. Solid. Overall, Lisa Frankenstein fucking rocked. I love this. Check it out yeah, if you can, guys. Support this movie in theaters. And Zelda Williams, I cannot wait to see where your career goes. Um, your dad would be so damn proud, dude. Like, uh, th- this is incredible. Yeah. <laughs> we need more Diablo Cody and Zelda Williams. Like, that's what we need. Yeah. We need more of that. We, we need that duel to come back and do something else. Maybe do like a fucking take on the creature of the Black Lagoon or something, or a, a wolf. Yeah. Do a Wolfman movie. Do a fucking Wolfman movie, man. Do that shit. 
but make it Wolf Woman. Yeah, Wolf Woman. <laughs> I mean, that might be a little on the nose, but you know, you know what I mean. Yeah, I got you. I got you, man. <laughs> well, Johnny, I think it's gonna go ahead and wrap it up for this episode, man. Um, it's been great being able to talk about some undead love this week for Valentine's Day, of course. Um, you know, obviously you've been here for quite some time now, Johnny. Our listeners should be following you. But for whatever reason, if they aren't already, where can they follow you? Uh, you can find me on YouTube, TikTok, and on Instagram, all at Zuko's Corner, one word. Do movie reviews, uh, biased opinions, and just me ranting like a lunatic about some bullshit. <laughs> I know that's right, man. <laughs> Well, guys, it's going to go ahead and wrap it up for this week. Next week, stay tuned. Of course, we are discussing Madam Web, as well as another Dakota Johnson film, too. Got a little surprise for you. But stay tuned for that. If you enjoy the show, please consider leaving us an iTunes and Spotify review. It truly is helping the show much more than you can imagine. And our next short film, The Artist, 1996, drops February 20th. Be sure to check that out, guys. And we will talk to you guys. Uh, I'm not sure really interested in that. That, that looks sick. The, the, the teaser you guys dropped? Oh, yeah, yeah. That teaser looks sick, bro. I can't wait. I'm going to watch that shit. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. All right, guys. We'll talk to you all next week. Bye, guys. Deuce.